loving Father in heaven, praise, honor, glory, and adoration be unto your holy name for giving us this privilege and opportunity to be among the living today. Lord, please, as we go through the words of our devotion, consecrate us to your service. Grant to us the gift of your spirit. Put your words in our mouth that we may speak words of life to all who would listen. Words that will lift us all up to heavenly places. Increase us in wisdom and understanding and knowledge. For all who will be listening, grant them of your spirit and give them conviction of heart that we all may be transformed into the image of your dear Son. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, January 9 Deceived And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Genesis chapter 3 verse 1 To man, the crowning work of creation, God has given power to understand his requirements, to comprehend the justice and beneficence of his law and its sacred claims upon him, and of man unswerving obedience is required. Like the angels, the dwellers in Eden, had been placed upon probation. Their happy estate could be retained only on condition of fidelity to the Creator's law. They could obey and live, or disobey and perish. The angels had cautioned Eve to beware of separating herself from her husband while occupied in their daily labor in the garden. With him, she would be in less danger from temptation than if she were alone. But absorbed in her pleasing task, she unconsciously wandered from his side. She soon found herself gazing with mingled curiosity and admiration upon the forbidden tree. The fruit was very beautiful, and she questioned with herself why God had withheld it from them. Now was the tempter's opportunity. As if he were able to discern the workings of her mind, he addressed her, Yea, had God said he shall not eat of every tree of the garden? The tempter intimated that the divine warning was not to be actually fulfilled. It was designed merely to intimidate them. Such has been Satan's work from the days of Adam to the present, and he has pursued it with great success. He tempts men to distrust God's love and to doubt his wisdom. He is constantly seeking to excite a spirit of irreverent curiosity a restless, inquisitive desire to penetrate the secrets of divine wisdom and power. In their efforts to search out what God has been pleased to withhold, multitudes overlook the truths which he has revealed and which are essential for salvation. 
Eve really believed the words of Satan, but her belief did not save her from the penalty of sin. She disbelieved the words of God, and this was what led to her fall. In the judgment, men will not be condemned because they conscientiously believed a lie, but because they did not believe the truth, because they neglected the opportunity of learning what is truth. Amen. The title of our devotion is Deceived. Our key text and what we'll be looking at is the account of man's fall. For a few days now, that's what we'll be looking at. And in this, we have to learn lessons for our present life as we look at conflict and courage. The purpose of this uh, study in this devotion is to learn from the things of the past. Remember, all these things, the story of Adam and Eve was written for our learning. That's what the Bible says. For us upon whom the ends of the world are come. We are also told that it is written so that we, through the scriptures, may have comfort and hope. There are lessons, deep, deep lessons to learn from the account of man's fall. And as we go through this, we pray the Lord will give us the lessons we need to learn. So let us throw back to this day, this most fatal day for man. The dark day in man's history, perhaps one of the darkest days of man's history. You see, God made man to be in his own image after his own likeness. The great controversy has already begun in heaven. Satan had rebelled against God. Adam and Eve were created on earth and placed on the earth. They were warned by God and by angels that there is an adversary who may come to deceive them and tell them lies and try to make them do things they are not supposed to do. And they were told to be wary of him. They were well educated about the danger that was lurking in the dark. It was not something that came to them by surprise. They knew and God told them about it. So as we look at it now in the book of Genesis 3, I will read from verse 1 to 6. It says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, had God said you should not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God had said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. End of quote. Here we find the account of the fall of man. Like I say, a very dark day in man's history. It is not a day to remember in joyfulness or happiness. 
But it's a day, it's a day to remember in sobriety, a day to remember that we may learn our lessons from. Just like Eve, many of us are still placed in the same situation. God's word versus the word of the devil which comes through various agencies. Through men and through many other agencies that it comes. We have to make our decision and make our choice whether we will be deceived or not. Man was created with the ability to reason. And we all have the ability to reason, to choose and listen and make conclusions based on evidences that surround us. God has given us this ability to do this and come to the right conclusions all the time as far as our faculties are used, our conscience, our reasoning powers, our perception, our will, our memory and imagination, our intuition, all of this have been given to us for this purpose. So it was with Adam and Eve, their faculties were heightened. God had already tested them. Adam's mind was as the mind of God and they had the ability to reason. And it is a surprise actually to me as I look at the story with all due respect to Adam and to Eve. I'm surprised at the decision they made because when I understand that God gave them faculties which was like his own, they reasoned like him, they could think like him, then it becomes a surprise as to what happened. And what was it that happened to me? The first surprise would be when we go to the foundation of what really happened. It was not necessarily the deception of the devil that was the problem as we can see. An instruction was given to Eve not to leave the side of her husband and she left and that was the beginning of troubles. There was a reason that instruction was given and to us instruction is given to us not to leave the side of our husband and brother, our elder brother Jesus and the moment we leave him without him we can do nothing. That is the first lesson I want to intimate here. Without Christ, we can do nothing. If we separate ourselves from Jesus, there is no hope for us against the devil, just as it was for Eve. But leaving that and coming down to the reasoning of, of Eve, let us look at whether she had an excuse to think the way she thought. Because what she had before her was two starkly different commands and instructions. God had given them a warning in Genesis chapter 2 verse 16 and 17 telling them that of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil they should not eat of it and he told them explicitly in the day thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die and then here some time later another person comes with another instruction that it is a lie in the day you eat you will not die sure I am you will not surely die meaning he is saying if there's one thing I am very, very, very sure of, the day you eat this fruit, you will not die. Rather, he gave another reason, saying, in fact, what will actually happen to you, Eve, is that your eyes will be open and you will be like God. It will make you wise. You'll be able to know good and evil. Of all the things that the devil said, there was only one thing that was true in one sense, which is that they would be like God knowing good and evil. But they were already made in the image of God, not to the extent of knowing evil, but to the extent of having his character. But here it is that the devil comes to deceive us too the way he deceived Eve, by making us think that there's something we don't have, which we already have. But by talking, just by words, 
he makes us feel bad about something. You know, you could even see it in uh, among children. There's a, there's a person who may come to you and there's something good that you have. And the person starts to downplay it and make it look like, oh, that thing is nonsense, it's rubbish. So that you will leave it alone. And when you leave it alone, they will take it. Because they deceived you into thinking that that thing which you had was not good and it was nonsense. So that you will leave it alone. This was what the devil did to Eve. And he's doing it to many today. Telling many today that what they have in Christ is not good. He mocks, he ridicules, he lies, he torments, he persecutes to make us think that what we have in Christ, whatever it is, the lessons we have learned, the practices and the customs from the Word of God and its principles, he makes it to look like those things are nonsense so that we will leave it alone and he makes us to feel like we are not actually what we're supposed to be, that he has something better to offer to us. And this was what he did to Eve, presenting to her that he had something better to offer to her. And then Eve believed him and then she ate of the fruit. Now, what was going through the mind of Eve? The sin of Eve, in my own estimation, is not necessarily about eating that fruit, but there is something deeper. Even if she never, never ate the fruit, there is something deeper that happened. Here it is that you have before you your Creator. He created the heavens and the earth. You were just brought up from nowhere. They weren't born by anybody like it happens to us in the sense of being born by a woman. They were created. They knew it. From the dawn of their existence, Adam and Eve knew that no human being gave birth to them. They knew that their existence came from the spoken word of God, that God was their creator. And they had had face-to-face communion with him and with angels. And when they were brought, they did not witness the creation. They were only brought into a created, blissful, beautiful, wonderful world, sparkling and dazzling with beauty. And they could only glorify God for giving them such things that they could resonate with and they could appreciate so much. As if that was not enough, God then brought his own garden, the garden of God, Eden, and placed it for them as a home in the earth. Beautiful as the earth was and very good, God, brought, God crowned it with the epitome of his beauty, planted a garden for them. And this was another source of great joy for them. And for Adam, when God saw his need, that he needed a companion, God brought for him. So he had so much to be grateful to God for. And even Eve having a companion and having the earth and the garden. And then God gave them dominion over all the earth. What else has God withheld from them? Everything was given to them. Now in light of this, this person who has done all this for them and the serpent who they know not from anywhere, they have not seen this uh, being as in the sense of understanding the devil. This is a serpent that was created by God, speaking words like men. Eve was supposed to be startled by that at least. Here she is hearing from this serpent who has no resume to show that he loves her. This serpent has no resume to show that he is wiser than her or wiser than God. And it baffles me to think that Eve would believe a serpent above God. God's resume was before her to show her that he loves her. God's resume was before her to show her that he's intelligent, wise, and good. 
all the creation around her was the handiwork of God. Even that serpent that she was looking at, beautiful as it was, is a handiwork of God which is testifying to the wisdom of God. And the earth and all its beauty is testifying to the love of God. That is the resume of God. But what was the resume of the serpent? Nothing to show for. No eight years of experience, no past wisdom. But here it was that Eve still chose to believe the serpent who had nothing to show for what he was saying to her. Believed him above God. Is there an explanation for this? Maybe there is, but I cannot find one. What I can see here is, for all I can see based on what deception is, somewhere in her heart, there was a secret cherishing of the thought that God was withholding something from her that was good. Because the mind, first of all, will reject the truth before it believes a lie. And that is where deception really is. Deception is not about necessarily believing a lie, but it's about rejection of the truth. But where did the foundation of this rejection of the truth come from? It came from mistrusting God's love and mistrusting God's wisdom. Before I go into that, let's talk about the deception. You see, among us today, the same thing is happening. The truth comes to us. The deception is not in us believing a lie, but in us rejecting the truth. Let us imagine a scenario where a crime is committed. Perhaps somebody is killed and the police is trying to find the killer and they array before them a list of uh, possible suspects and among them maybe are a hundred or a thousand suspects and these people are arrayed and they want to pick one, just one among them, that is the criminal. One is there, the criminal is among that thousand people and they investigate the criminal and on investigation of the criminal, they say no. This is not the criminal and they let him go. What do you think is going to happen to the, 9, the remaining uh, 999 people? Even if the police has not done any further investigation, by letting the criminal go, they have set themselves up for oppression and injustice. They are going to select somebody that is innocent inevitably. This is just an example of what it means when we reject the truth. When the truth comes, even if the lie has not come, even if the deception has not come, once the truth comes and is rejected, we have already entered into deception. The book of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, reading from verse 9, puts it this way. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned, who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. And this was the problem of Eve. She had rejected God's word, rejected the truth, and set herself up to be deceived with a strong delusion and be damned because there was a secret pleasure in unrighteousness in her heart. And that pleasure, that desire for unrighteousness was only revealed when the serpent came and voiced out her thoughts. 
because there she was around that tree. What was she doing there? And so it is with us, like we have known. These things were written for us as our admonition. When we walk close to where sin is, separating from God, going farther and farther away from God, we are setting ourselves up to be deceived by the devil. We are not to see how close to the precipice we can walk. We are supposed to stay near to the heart of God. Eve walked farther away and closer to the place where she will be tempted. And for many of us, we do the same thing today. We walk and go close to the place where we will be tempted. We are inviting the devil to tempt us. And when you invite the devil to tempt you, you will be tempted. We are no match for the devil. Adam in his holy state and his unfallen state was no match for the devil. Then what more humans that are fallen, weakened by 6,000 years of inheritance of sin, what is our fate against a devil who is so powerful? 6,000 years of experience in temptation, temptation and deceiving people against 6,000 years of hereditary tendencies. What is your fate, O oh man? What is your fate, O oh, oh, oh woman? What is going to happen to you if you go farther and farther away from God? Worse than Eve, you'll be held in his grasp in a deep depth of sin that you may find it hard to come out. Let us not tempt the devil to tempt us because that was what Eve did. But let us also not secretly cherish a hatred of God's word. There are some of us when the Lord speaks to us and the truth comes to us, there is a secret doubting in our hearts. We are questioning it. Some will say, oh, I find a problem with it somewhere. We may not voice it out, but we are cherishing the thought. That thought you are cherishing, it will come out very soon. When you meet the devil and you dialogue with him and then he will bring out that doubt he put in your heart because that thought, that doubt, it is not your own. It is the devil that put it there. But when you cherish it, then you own it and then he comes to you and converses with you either through a pastor, through a friend or even communing with you in your own mind with nobody there, just with between you and him, you communing, meditating on it. What's going to happen to you will happen is what happened to Eve in discussing and doubt Doubting the word of God, doubting his love and doubting his wisdom. You will come out as an apostate. You will come out fallen. You start to ask questions. Did he really say I shouldn't do this? Why did God say I shouldn't do that? And in prying and going to want to find out this and find out that, which is actually because you are doubting that he loves you. What is going to happen to Eve? What happened to you? What happened to Eve is what will happen to you deception by by rejecting the truth jesus himself put it this way in the book of john chapter 3 reading from verse 17 to 21 for god sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved he that believeth on him is not condemned but he that believeth not in is condemned already because he had not believed in the name of the only begotten son of god and this is the condemnation that light is come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil for everyone that doeth evil hated the light neither cometh to the light lest his deeds should be reproved but he that doeth truth cometh to the light that his deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought in god amen if you love the truth, if you love the light, you will come to it. 
But when you hear the truth and you reject it, woe is you. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 says from verse 11 and 12 that God will send a strong delusion so that you will believe a lie. So that you, you will be damned if you believe not the truth but have pleasure in unrighteousness. Here is the source of deception. It is in the rejection of the truth. What truth have you rejected, my brothers and sisters? Have you gone through the word of God? And you hear the word of God telling you this or that. Through his agencies, maybe a friend came to tell you or a pastor from the word of God, not from their own opinion now. From the word of God shows to you, telling you this thing you are doing is wrong. This is what the word of God says. But because there is a secret attachment to that thing, you, are, you, are, you, you find it hard to let go. You want it. Then you reject the truth. My brother, what are you doing, my sister? You are setting yourself up to believe a lie. And God said he will send to you a strong delusion. Be careful how you reject what the word of God says. Be careful how you reject the truth. Be careful how you reevaluate the truth that you have known from the past and start to tell yourself, oh, I was deceived. I don't think it was like that. I just thought it was just because somebody just told me I didn't have any reason to believe it. I just believed it just because the person said it. But it is not true. You believed it. You were given reason just as God gave Adam and Eve reason. But because secretly in the heart you have separated from God just as Eve wandered and separated and in your heart you are going closer to the place where sin is. You are going closer to it and your mind is now doubting the word of God. You are now looking at it as if what he said was not actually sensible. Now you are doubting, going closer and closer to the place where sin is committed, to the place where the temptation is. And now, the temptation is no longer looking to you as a temptation and you are doubting God's love. You are doubting his wisdom. My brothers and sisters, have you done that before? It is not too late for you to retrace your steps. It is not too late for you to come back and do what the Lord says you should do in believing the truth before a strong delusion will take you like it took Eve. She was deceived because she rejected the truth. In our devotion, Conflict and Courage, page 15, paragraph 7, he says, Eve really believed the words of Satan, but her belief did not save her from the penalty of sin, and so it will be with anyone who believes a lie. It won't save you, no matter how conscientious you are, no matter how sincere you are in believing a lie, it will not save you. You will still get the penalty of sin. Why? She disbelieved the words of God. And this was what led to her fall. In the judgment, men will not be condemned because they conscientiously believe a lie, but because they did not believe the truth, because they neglected the opportunity of learning what is truth. End of quote. Do you have an opportunity? Somebody is telling you, I want to tell you what the word of God says concerning this, and you say, no, 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 don't tell me. You rejected the opportunity to know the truth, and that is your condemnation. It is not because you rejected the truth now itself, but the opportunity came and you rejected it. That is your condemnation and Jesus himself said it, that he didn't come to condemn the world. That those who are condemned are only going to be condemned because they rejected the light. Not because they believed the lie, but because they rejected the truth. God is not going as far as saying, oh, you believe the lie. That's not, no, he doesn't go that far. The moment you reject the truth, that is your condemnation. Even if there is no lie that you have believed, even if there is no erroneous doctrine, the truth, 
the true doctrine comes to you from the word of God. No matter what it is, anything among the commandments of God and the salient ways we are seeing sin coming in our, our world today. Look at the world today. People are justifying the homosexual lifestyle. People are justifying Sunday observance, whereas the Sabbath, the seventh day of the week, is a day that we are supposed to be observing. People are justifying all kinds of things, competitive sports. People are justifying all kinds of worship services that come from the customs of paganism and idolatry that are being brought into the church services of today. All of this is being justified. Why is it being justified? They first of all reject the truth. Where do you find yourself today? Have people told you about the truth of God concerning the Sabbath? Or told you about the truth concerning dress? Or told you the truth concerning your, how you eat or where you are walking or where you are engaging or the kind of um, pleasures and uh, recreation you engage in and you reject it? When you reject it, that is your condemnation, not even in believing the lie. But God is making a way today, reminding us of these things, that we may have comfort and hope through the scriptures, knowing this, that even though Eve rejected the truth, an opportunity was given to them once again to believe the truth. God is giving you an opportunity again today to believe the truth. Whatever truth you have rejected, believe the truth. Drop the lie that you are believing. The Lord loves you and the Lord is wiser than you. Trust his love, trust his wisdom. Because when he's saying something to us, it is because he loves us. The cross is the evidence of God's love. This God who loves us cannot be telling us something that is not for our own good. Whatever he's telling us is for our good. And secondly, he is wiser than us. Even though you cannot see the reason in what he is saying, don't tell yourself that what God's word is saying has a problem with it. Tell yourself rather that I have a problem understanding. Don't say, oh, I find a fault in God's word. Rather say, I find a fault in my reasoning. I find a fault in my mind. Lord, help me to understand what you are saying. I cannot say that your word has a problem. It is me who has a problem. I am the one who cannot understand it. I am limited and finite in my mind and in my understanding. I will not go as far as saying your word has a problem. It is me that has a problem. But nevertheless, even though I can't understand yet, I will still do what you said I should do. I will not wait till I understand because the word of God says that you will understand when you do. Jesus said in the book of John 7 verse 17, If any man will do his will, he shall know, that is understand, of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. Jesus did not say if any man would understand then he will do. Rather, he says, when you do, then you will know, you will understand. What it is that God tells to us, that is why he is infinite. You may not understand everything. Do it nevertheless. Naaman didn't understand anyhow how he would dip himself in the Jordan seven times and he would be healed. But trusting the wisdom of the person who told him to do it, even though he didn't understand, he entered into the water and did it and he got the results. Peter had gone to the river in the night, fishing all through the night and not catching one fish as a professional fisherman. And in the daytime, the Lord came to him and said to him, let down your net. But Peter said to him, I have been fishing all through the night. I was not able to catch anything. And then he told Jesus, nevertheless, at your word, I will let down my net. Peter did not understand how it was that he was going to catch fish in the daytime. But because of the person who was talking to him, the Lord, he let down his net and the net caught a lot of fish to the point that it was breaking and then 
he understood so with you you may not understand what the lord is telling you to do do it nevertheless don't wait till you may understand everything about it rather trust that this person is wise trust that he loves you and that's why he's telling you to do it oh there's a lot to learn from uh, eve and adam's story let us learn to trust god's word rather than doubt it if not we'll be setting ourselves up for deception may the lord help us is my prayer amen amen just to continue from the the thought just to add on to what our brother have said from the reading where he says that the fruit was very beautiful and she questioned within herself why god had withheld it from them you see this is where i find it very troubling she saw and then she thought and you see the same thing happening today have we not been warned yet we are still watching the things that we are supposed to quit looking at we are still looking at them she saw and so the question is young woman what are you looking at are you gazing upon the very things the lord forbids take away thine eyes before the tempter catches your gaze you understand that satan cannot read the mind but he watches closely our actions and he interprets what our intentions are likely to be turn your head away from him from the movie from the pawns from that food which you know the lord forbids god in his wisdom and goodness had provided for them an abundance of fresh fruits of all varieties and seeds and grains and nuts and she had unrestricted access to them the fruits of the garden were declared to be good how be it there was only one reserved and restricted only one the tree of knowledge of good and evil she soon found herself gazing with mingled curiosity and admiration upon the forbidden tree the fruit was very beautiful see the problem just as we do today we are not always satisfied with the food and raiment that the lord had promised today the marketers understand that we have an insatiable desire for obtaining things that is why we want another phone the ad they are just bombarding us with all kinds of advertisements we have phones already some of us we have three four and then we see a new one everything new we see in other people's hands we want oh the modern restless daughters of eve she wants to sew a new dress a new shoe and the latest purse a new wig just arrived her desires are as high as the mountains which are hidden from plain sight by the waters of the ocean if you understand anything about women you will agree with me to the fact that whenever she desires something she loses interest in everything else she cannot concentrate her mind becomes unbalanced headstrong she refuses to be reasoned with is that not what happened in the story of Samson? And Delilah said unto Samson, Behold, thou hast mocked me and told me lies. Now tell me, I pray thee, wherewith thou mightest be bound? How canst thou say, I love thee, when thine heart is not with me? 
Thou hast mocked me these three times, and hast not told me wherein thy great strength lieth. And it came to pass, this is where women were weary, when she pressed him daily with her words and urged him, so that his soul was vexed unto death. He told her all her heart. That's one. Another one, even though Elkanah had given Anna a worthy portion, for he loved Anna, but the Lord shut up her womb. It got to a time when Anna could not hold back the tears because in her mind, her desire is not a worthy portion anymore. She knows what she wants. And she came upon the backdrop of the fact that she could not understand the fact that she is yet to have her own baby. Then said Elkanah, her husband, to her, Anna, why weepest thou? And why eatest thou not? And why is thine heart grieved? Am I not better to thee than ten sons? In her own case, we understand that it was a good desire. And but Elkina never knew that to her, his explanation of him better than Tenson is not what she's looking at. She knows what she wants. And her desire is what she wants. She has set her mind to that point. And now see when it is turned in the negative again. Genesis chapter 39 verse 7. And it came to pass after these things that he his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph and she said, lie with me. You see that thing again. When she cast her eyes, her desires, that evil desires and evil eyes upon the young man and said, lie with me. And it came to pass as she spake to Joseph day by day. You see their persistence when they want to do the thing day by day that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her and it came to pass about this time that joseph went into the house to do his business and there was none of the men of the house there within you understand that when she has this plans laid up she cannot rest and she's racking up her brain to see how she can bring it to pass her desires and she caught him by his garment saying lie with me and he left his garment hallelujah in her hands and fled and got him out you see she bends all her energies to the fruit desired to make her wise whatever seems to give an, a woman an advantage over others she grabs that opportunity that is why single ladies are fighting over married men fighting over catholic priests fighting over a lost cause we know now that it is a marketing strategy used by people that whenever they want to get women to buy things to bring them to decisions to arouse them what they do is that show them how many women are buying it she feels that she's been left out she wants to be in the competitive mood and so the desire to be wiser than what she already is is what Satan used and she saw that the tree is desired to make one wise she bends her energy to the desired fruit that desire instead of turning it to the right cause is what Satan is using against us today James chapter 4 it says from whence come wars and fightings among you 
become they not hands even of your lust that war in your members you lust and have not you kill and desire to have and cannot obtain you fight and war yet you have not because you ask not all she needed to do was ask the lord if there is anything she feels that the lord is withholding from her all she needed to do was to ask lord after all we hear in the reading that they were created with the capacity to grow and expand and finally be in the position where they could not be tempted anymore by the enemy now the reading says now was the tempter's opportunity as if he were able to discern the workings of her mind he addressed her yea had god said ye have ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden the tempter intimated that the divine warning was not to be actually fulfilled it was designed merely to intimidate them so you see end of quote you understand that that's exactly what satan is doing today a lot of people will see an express command where god as our brother told us god has written it very plain and then we begin to say well it's not really what god means and then we'll accept man's definition in place of a thought say the lord as he told us about the sabbath being the seventh day and now we hear everybody saying it's the first day now I'll read the writings from Adventist home 115 it says eve had been perfectly happy by her husband's side in her eden home but like restless modern eves she was flattered with the hope of entering a higher sphere than that which god had assigned her in attempting to rise above her original position she fell far below it a similar result will be reached by all who are unwilling to take up cheerfully their life duties in accordance with god's plans you see there is something called purpose you understand that when you look at the words when god was about to create woman the words were that adam did not have a helpmate and then when he made the woman her purpose the name alone tells her purpose the word eve we've been told in other writings that it means to surround him with love to promote his vision she was to help him achieve the purpose of his existence in other words when you see a man who wants to carry a load that is heavier than the man and the man needs help so someone of equal strength or of greater strength is needed to help this person carry this load and that's why the woman was made so she came she was supposed to complement him in carrying out his desires no wonder why when a woman tells when the husband tells the wife what he wants to do and the things his dreams she will keep reminding him of the things that he told her and she pushes him to the dream that's exactly what eve was supposed to be doing and then the moment she moved away from his side slowly to the tree there she started forming another vision and so you see that this is the vision is the cause of the divorce 
that we see today when two people who are supposed to be working together towards the accomplishment of one goal towards the purpose of the creation begins to divide then you see that even though they live together their minds are not together you understand that talking to the ladies now married women you understand that when women tell their husband i want to do this i want to buy this and he says no and then later he sees that thing in the house you're sending a message you're sending a message that you can do without him your desire is not actually after him even though you love him he interprets those acts as disrespect because in the male brain respect is what he considers as love what about the man what about the modern adams when she gives you the advice you kick it to one side you don't want to hear anything she's saying you treat her see she's she's an inferior you're not sensitive to her feelings and desires all you want is what you want especially when it comes to the sexual purity whenever you have an urge just when you consider that somebody's beside you she's trying to explain to you the things that happened the day and then you fall asleep in a few moments as if her words which were supposed to burn in your heart becomes like a sleeping pill it is Satan's studied effort to disunite what the lord has joined together i read again it says each has individual responsibilities they too who unite their interest in life will have distinct characteristics and individual responsibilities each one will have his or her work but women are not to be valued by the amount of work they can do as a beast of burdens the wife is to grace the family circle as a wife and companion to a wise husband at every step she should inquire is this the standard of true womanhood and how shall i make my influence christ like in my home the husband should let his wife know that he appreciates her work the wife is to respect her husband the husband is to love and cherish her wife his wife and as their marriage vow unites them as one so their belief in Christ should make them one in him what can be done i, I pause here you see the marriage relation is supposed to be a beautiful thing i mean i hear somewhere that many women are dead today because they are not appreciated they walk and walk and walk and some husbands will never just wrap your your hands around her and say thank you and well done all that's all she needs some men think it's not manly they buy plenty things they think that's that one will suffice but she wants to hear you say something her desire the bible says is to her husband she longs to know that you approve of what she's doing you used to tell her how beautiful she was and now she she's not hearing anything from you and before you know it she begins to stray because you're not reminding her the voice that reminds her on the street before you understand she is already in the arms of somebody else the husband is to love and cherish his wife note we have to combine both words and understand the implications of the meaning of this word to love and to cherish 
What can be more pleasing to God than to see those who enter into the marriage relation seek together to learn of Jesus and to become more and more imbued with His Spirit? You now have duties to perform that before your marriage you did not have. Put on therefore kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, Walk in love as Christ also had loved you. Give careful study to the following instructions. The woman is to submit herself to her husband as it is fit in the Lord, knowing that Christ has first claims over her. And then so when the husband starts saying things that is not in line with what Christ is saying, no, 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 that's not the kind of submission the script is saying. The husband's duty is to love and to cherish the wife so that the two will be united as one and no man can put asunder. When the desires come, they have to table it. Let's talk about it. Communication is key. Many marriages are broken up today because of lack of communication. We have to talk about it. When there is something in your mind as a husband or as a wife, Put it on the table. Let's talk about it. And as you counsel together and pray together, the enemy will not find an inroad into breaking this marriage apart. So as the title of the devotion is saying that we watch out for the adversary prowls himself like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He is out there to deceive us. We watch out that we not be deceived by his plans and traps in these our probationary time. Amen. Let us pray. Our Father who is in heaven, Lord, we thank you. We see very clearly in your mercy and love the things that pertains for peace and our joy and our love had been provided. We see the way you have led us. We see your relationship with mankind even in the beginning. And we see the work of the enemy even today. And so we continue to pray that you make us wise unto salvation. That we may be able to discern the workings of the enemy when his deceptive acts are being interwoven with the things we do. May we be wise enough to pick it out. May your spirit enlighten us that our minds, eye be open, that we may behold wonderful things that is contained in your law and see it as the escape from these deceptions and delusions of the enemy in these last days. Help us, O Lord, to this end. We make all these requests through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.